Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pennies Going In Raw is a production of iHeartRadio. The opinions expressed in the following podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide education and entertainment about the financial industry and the stock market. Enjoy! Life's this game of pennies. Oh, you guys know we only have a 40% runner. Hello? 40% right is a f***ing killing. We've been compliant for too long. It's time we go to war. I don't have a Roth. You know so much about the market that his brain doesn't have enough room for grammar. Hey, who told me about Ibex? It's going up a shit ton now. We're up 4%, baby. No way. 4 fucking percent. You asked the exact same question with two words <laughs> different. It's like, f- man, I just got dick whipped for like... 20%, and now that f***er's up like 50. I bet Warren Buffett never did that. I'm just making this voice memo to call out unusual whales to a fight. The pennies we need are everywhere around us. Pennies. 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 Going in raw. Featuring Dan, Deity of Dips, and Hugh Honey. Produced by Vinny and Christian. Let's, Let's go, go, baby. Well, today we have on uh, Jason Tardik, and I'm happy to have you on. How are you, man? I'm good, man. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. It's been, uh, it's been fun getting to watch you guys and also um, know Mr. Hugh Henny Mitch over there from coming on my podcast, so full circle moment here, boys. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's always great, like, promoting podcasts, like, going on each other's. I think that's one of the best ways to really, like, help each other grow, like, when it comes to podcasts. Yeah, man, I think like almost in anything in life, especially podcasts too, like if you're collaborating with people and especially people that have different stories than you with different demographics, it pays huge dividends. Like, uh, Mitch, I still have people that reference your podcast all the time. And when I meet people and they're like, what's your podcast? And I reference some of my favorites, like yours comes up and it's, it's the best way to get the discovery is the word. It's the name of the game podcast. If you have good content and good people, you just have to get discovered. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because we did that almost, uh, I mean, really it's coming up on like eight months ago and I just had someone DM me yesterday about it. Like, Hey, like I found you through uh train secrets podcast with Jason and, uh, and like we started a whole conversation about it and it's so cool, you know, because your podcast has on so many different guests, uh, from all types of areas. And then the, of course our podcast is, is, 
you know, dedicated towards uh, pretty much trading and finance and stuff like that. So it's really, I think it's so cool. And I was never really into podcasts like probably two years ago. And now it's like really primarily all I listen to instead of music. It's like the best way to multitask, right? Like suppose you're working out, you're doing anything and you could like educate yourself on a topic you otherwise wouldn't know. It's huge. And Mitch, I don't know if those people, you know, something tells me that you got a lot of DMs for two reasons. One, because they're interested in day trading. And two, because they find this good looking young kid who's successful and they all want to date you now. I don't yeah, know. You I, saw, I, I, saw, <laughs> I saw you said your demographic was 90% female, which is dead the opposite of ours. <laughs> so a perfect collaboration. Perfect. <laughs> the, amount, the amount of, I'll say, uh, I'll say like uh, stay at home moms that are looking for a, for a hobby after our, after our podcast. The, the amount of followers that I got uh, from stay-at-home moms, you know, like I said, trying to get into trading and like, hey, like I have a few spare hours here and there. Definitely, definitely uh, probably 5x after that episode. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's great. So to kind of get into, I guess, your story, you kind of went from a, a long tenure in corporate banking to obviously the next step, which, the clear next step, which is reality TV. Um, I guess we can kind of go from how you went from that to this financial literacy and just going about teaching all these other people about, you know, finance and everything, especially in a time where it seems like everyone's wanting to know about it. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, this, I could take up the whole podcast telling the story. So I'm going to try and summarize it pretty effectively, but I think in life you have a couple choices and either your story is written for you or you write your own story. And what I could say like very confidently is for 29 years, there is no doubt that almost every aspect of my life, my story was being written for me. And you might say like, where, what was it being written by? What guided that? And to me, what I call it's like the blueprint we're born into, right? So it's the way that our parents kind of parent us in the way that the neighborhood we grow up in defines success in the places that we see and, and what we know as success. And for me, that was go get your degree, Go be a corporate soldier, say yes, do what you got to do, put your hours in, get promoted. They tell you to move, go move, wear what they want you to wear, dress how they want you to dress, right? And so that's what I did. And I was in, got my MBA, corporate banker. I moved, I don't know, man, it was like five times. My biggest move was from New York to Seattle. And at 29, I got all the things I thought I wanted, like the VP title, the six-figure signing bonus, thought I was the man, but realized like I was just an empty hollow suit. And I I had let everyone write my story and I had nothing to show for it. Like emotionally, I wasn't happy. I'd really kind of lost who I was. Uh, I now live 3000 miles away from what really matters in life, friends, family, and, and the important things. And I just I was lost. And I got approached of all times when I'm at rock bottom to go on a reality TV show. Uh, some of you guys out there listening might have heard of it, The Bachelor. And everyone, everyone in my circle was like, dude, no. Like you got a rocket on your fucking You had it all figured out, man. No, why? (laughs) This is what what everyone does. They fall off the deep end. They go on the bachelor. I'm like, man, I have done so much for everyone else. I want to do this. I'm doing it. And long story short, going on that show changed my life in every way, right? It changed where I live. It changed now who I'm engaged to. It changed what I do professionally. And from that, I was able to build a social media platform, about 1.3 million, and we do with this platform, I've started and invested in a lot of businesses. And one of them, to your point, is the financial uh, literacy and career coaching platform called Restart. Yeah. And uh, and just so that everyone understands, it's not like Jason just kind of, you know, uh, doesn't make the six figure salary. I think it was two episodes ago. 
that uh that you talked about your numbers for this year and uh stuff like that i think it was was what was it two episodes ago on your podcast yeah so was, i mean a lot of people say like go write your own story but you might pay uh, severe consequences financially and for me it really worked out that i took my own path to entrepreneurship and some of the stuff i'm doing and yeah last year was uh just with the kind of uh, just off my social media uh, grossed over, uh, it grossed in the seven figures just off sponsorship through social media. So that's just one of the many things. And it's been, uh, it's been exciting, man. It's been fun. Damn, dude, being hot, a hot dude on Instagram just <laughs> solves all your problems, huh, man? <laughs> I don't know about that. I, you ever go, go look at the Bachelor franchise. I am like bottom of the barrel as far as looks go. There are some good looking dudes out there. <laughs> dude, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't survive a day on Bachelor in Paradise, man. I almost went. I almost went there. I almost, I had the contract. I signed the contract. My boss at the time, because I went back to work after my first stint, my boss was like, listen, we let you go the first time you go, this time you're done. And I was like, terrified of that. And I'm like, you know what? I did one show. I got a good edit. I think I'm done here. <laughs> you had a good run. But uh, so obviously, since we mainly talk about day trading and stuff, and I, I actually listened to your uh, podcast with Jordan Belfort, and I thought it was super interesting how you're saying, I'm so busy all the time. Like, there's no way I can spend all day at the computer keeping up with all, all what the market does. So, I mean, what I can do is I could be a swing trader and you know or just a long-term kind of investor kind of guy and so your solution to that was hiring a day trader and i think that's is just something we since we don't really i guess we do it all ourselves i mean it's such a wild concept can you kind of like take us the step by step of uh of doing that yeah for sure so i think you know in anything if you commit to it i think one thing i tried to do is uh, early on in life, especially like really in the last couple of years of entrepreneurship is I can do everything. I can do everything. And what happens is you spread yourself so thin that nothing is getting done to its max potential. And so I think day trading is one of those uh, positions. People think it sounds cool, which it does. They believe it's sexy, which it is. But holy hell, there is so much grind, grit, and work that goes behind it. And I don't have it to me. If I play, I'm going to play to win and I'm going to go all in. And I just don't have the time and uh, bandwidth, given some of the business I have, to go all in with day trading. So, what I did was for my financial literacy, I was like, what can I offer as, as currency these days that people really want? And it's promotion. I got, again, 1.3 million followers. I'll promote the hell out of you. And we can also compensate you accordingly. And we brought on a day trader to our financial, financial literacy group who all the members are given uh, his uh, reads of the day, what he's seeing, how he's seeing it, what his plays are, his trades, his successes, his wins. And so outsource is such a huge word today. Like if you're doing a hundred things uh, and you want to be good at it and you really want to achieve and make an impact, you have to be willing to outsource where you can't fill in the gaps. And, and day trading is, is one of those areas I have to outsource because swing trading at best is, is what I have time for. Hey, Dan, I think our uh, applications got lost in the mail or something. I never, I never heard that. <laughs> I thought, no, see, here's the deal. You know, you guys, I feel like the, the price tag might be a little out of my price. I see you guys, you got your fucking $1,500,000 Rolexes, your private jets. I don't know if I can afford you listen, boys. Listen, this week I was putting exact an application for to Trader Joe's. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you this. I would, uh, if you were putting it out right here, I would love to do something. I think we could do something fun. 
where I even I come to New York, Mitch, I bring I bring out a hundred grand and like we do a little series for like 14 days. You show me what the plays we make, how we make it. We do some education component that we could blog it, put it out there. People could learn from it. There's something we could do here. You know, I, I think uh, I think that's something that we've been mulling around too. So that that you know, those synergies would be aligned if uh, th- those synergies would be aligned. I think. Let's make it happen. There's an also there's this this is a kind of a cool one. There's a, about I just had a meeting. This is one of the cool things about the world that I live in is that you get these random meetings that come up. This kid started trading. You know, obviously the volatility of Bitcoin is out of control, so he focuses on one coin and only one coin, and it's Bitcoin. And he has been trading it since 2017. And he's been day trading it. And now he's built a team. He's got engineers and analysts. And so they're pretty much just a Bitcoin fund that um, is day trading one of the most volatile assets, asset classes out there. And he has now Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, investing in his fund. And it's just a little shop. So, I mean, you think about anyone out there that is day trading, like if you have a specific niche and a skill set, and you have the right connections for people like me that want to outsource Bitcoin day trading. I don't have the time to do it. Uh, there's just a there's a huge market for it, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I know from my perspective, and and Dan, of course, you know, we do have this like supplemental income from the podcast. It's not it's not tons, but you know, it, it it gets the job done. But for a lot of traders, it's just what we what you make trading. So like this week, I'm I've basically been red. And so my net worth, it takes a, you know, a little bit of a swing down. Uh, but the one thing about a fund is that you usually take commissions. I mean, you usually take like the, what's called the two and 20 for most people that don't know. So you take 2% of what over whatever the AUM is, and then 20% of whatever the fund makes for that year. And uh, that's a really nice way. One, because your net worth doesn't take a swing every week. And two, you have that income that is actually you know, coming in every year guaranteed. So that even if the fund loses that year, uh, which obviously you would never want, you still get that income coming in, which is a really cool thing. And I mean, you know, th- there's rumors about Ryan Cohen, what some of his fees were. Some people say that his fees were closer to like 10 and 50, <laughs> which is wild. But, uh, but I mean, hey, if people are willing to pay it, then uh, why not? So I, I, it's something, it, it's really interesting. Well, I, and I'm always interested in like uh, uh, someone like that is going to manage the fund who's an LP in the fund. They, they have their skin in the game. So not only are they making money off the fees, um, which better be priced accurately, but their uh, overall net worth and performance is, is severely impacted um, by their success. So that's a big one for me. But Mitch, I don't know if you started a fund. I don't know if you two have done that. I think you guys should. Yeah, I took on investors for about five months and I understood why uh, hedge funds hired, uh, relation, uh, PR, PR teams and, uh, <laughs> why people don't have my exact number, uh, especially cause of the way that I trade, but, uh, but you know, it's definitely something that we've talked about, uh, for sure, for sure. And, and to your point about the LPs, it, it's something that we talked about about three podcasts ago was, do we think that Kathy would, would, would change the way that she invests in the way that her portfolio is managed if she had a bigger stake in it? Because everybody remembers how last year it was this big issue about how she wanted to, you know, kind of break off a little bit and some things like that. And uh, so, would it would it change? And would she would she not have the title of like meme uh, fund manager? And would it be a little bit different? I, I wonder. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. I think you know, I think it would change significantly. 
and at that point, if you're trying to make, you know, so many people lead with ego based on what they're doing to make a splash that people talk about. And you look at the return she had, you know, in the last couple of years, you're not making the headlines and gaining the press that she's gaining unless you're making like extremely, extremely um, concentrated plays, right? And do you do that if you have stake in the game? I don't know. But what's the risk if you don't? It's another fund that goes belly up. Okay, add it to the list of the tens of thousands that have done that before. But if you make it big, you have a few years that she did. Dude, look at the look at the value of her brand. We all know who she is. Anyone in finance knows who she is. Clearly, she's doing something right when it comes to marketing and PR. So I guess the answer is Kathy Wood or Kathy Wooden, you know? Uh, <laughs> but um, so I guess going back into like your trading strategy, obviously you have your your expert day trader, but you as your your swing trading and investing, what do you kind of look for in companies, whether it be a, you know, kind of midterm and uh, swing or maybe even a long term? Because I saw you were investing in a few apps and other companies such as, you know, so what, what do you kind of look for in those two uh, separately? Yeah. So if it's like seed uh, money or it's like startup money, the number one thing I'm doing is I'm looking inside and out of the management team. Like I want to know everything about them, how they operate, how they spend, how they think, how they manage their personal life, how many hours are they working? I, I've told this story before, but it was a, a bit stalkerish. I was at one of the gyms that one of the guys I was considering investing in and we both walked in the job. Oh, good to see a small talk, whatever. And I meticulously waited to see when he got into his car because I wanted to see what car he was driving as he was just starting this car, just to give me an idea of the way this guy spends and what his expectation is, like in a startup. So, um, I mean, though management's huge, product differentiation's huge. Uh, the big thing I've seen is companies can make it, they can have unbelievable growth from a gross revenue and that profit standpoint. They can cash flow, but if they don't have a plan to scale, or at least uh, at least the right people in place to scale if they can't do it. Uh, that is absolutely massive. And at the end of the day is like, I'm, I don't know, call me risk averse. I'm not taking shots at these, these, these tech startups that won't see any type of cash flow in 10 years. I want to see cash flow. I want, I'm like an old, I was, a, I was a lender, right? I used to lend hundreds of millions of dollars. So I want to look at the old school banking strategy, like, AR concentration, cash flow, how are you managing your vendors, things like that. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, so basically the same as you. You want money on hand. You want them to have money coming in. You don't want this like oh, just random promises. You wouldn't have been investing in Amazon whenever Jeff Bezos was like, hey, chill. So what? We're not making anything right now, but maybe... <laughs> I mean, I got to be honest. I, w- I like wouldn't. I don't think it, I think it's is a, a, a is a reflection of like my risk tolerance and just the fact that I I want you know how think about how many VCs out there are what, you, you hit one out of your fifty investments and that's like a home run. It's just so many of these companies go belly up. So many losses are incurred and no one fucking talks about their losses. They only talk about their wins. So you get early investors that are coming to the table thinking they're going to hit the next Amazon, the next Facebook without doing their due diligence. And it could just get ugly quick. So, you know, for me, I'd rather make less investments in the ones that I really like than bankroll appropriately and make more investments and try and find a grand slam. Yeah, I think it's good. No, I was just going to say that's that's I missed the SPAC run last year because I was like, this makes no no sense. Like these companies just have a blank check, which great. Like that's what they should be worth. But, uh, you know, just because someone like Chamath puts his name behind, it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, that they're going to take over Geico or they're going to take over, you know, any of the big healthcare names, stuff like that. And and because at the end of the day, if you have no revenue to show for it, then you're just going to be a you know, burning cash. And that's what most of these tech companies are. Uh, but I will say this, if anyone listening ever gets another Uber IPO pre, it feels like everybody and their mother, uh, gotten the Uber pre IPO and made a fuck ton. So if that ever yeah, comes to Gary V, he won't shut up about it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there though. That's one that I'm there for. I love that's a good one. And we had, I had a Mark Laurie on, he owns uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves billionaire who used to be the CEO of uh, Walmart. And I kind of asked him a similar question about his investment strategy. And he's like, listen, you're only getting my money if I know everything about the industry and company or I'm involved and I'm operating it. And it's wild to hear a guy like that. You know, the guy could, He's one of 3,500 billionaires in the world. And he's like, crypto, not touching it. Why not? I don't know anything about it. I'll never get my head around it. There's people that will know it well. I'll just continue to do what I do best. And if I do what I do best and what I know best, I'll just keep making money. I don't need to make money everywhere. I'll make money where I know how to make money. Yeah, if I don't I don't know who this Satoshi guy is. I'm not I'm not <laughs> buying a Bitcoin. <laughs> no, but Doing I, something I, right. Yeah, I like I, I think it's interesting how you said like all these people getting burned on these stocks and and you know people it, with with companies that don't have any money coming in people thinking they're going to strike big with like what are your thoughts on all these new retail traders coming in the past year and a half two years? First of all, I think it's fucking. I think it's great. I think it's amazing. I think um, even if you're you're struggling with your trading or you're struggling. Uh, making money in this space, the fact you're in this space and you want to learn and you're connecting with those who might know it better than you is amazing because overall that's going to increase financial literacy in this country. And I think one thing we've seen consistently is that Americans suck at managing their finances, making money. The majority of us are really, really bad. So the more people that are getting involved, amazing. I love the fact that Reddit blew up the way it did. Discord's blown up the way it is. That you can get a group of retail investors and you can compete with some of the largest institutions. And you saw it, right? I mean, you saw the short, short squeeze with GameStop and, and everything else. And to me, I think it's amazing. I think we embrace the change. 
the one thing I'll say is like the horror stories, obviously you see success stories, but some of these horror stories, these people that have put in every single penny, you know, following one person, not doing any due diligence and, and literally not having a dollar to their name anymore is terrifying. And so everyone that gets into any form of trading or investing got to know the consequences and risk tolerance. Think about like poker players, right? Bankroll management. They'll never sit at a game in which 1% or more or one to 2% of their entire bankroll is on the table. Because if it's not, they can't play emotionally correct. And so the people that are putting 50 to 100%, 75% of their net worth in one trade, in one action, when they literally haven't taken a financial 101 in high school or college, is a little terrifying. But I like the idea of the whole uh, retail movement. The more people play and the more people uh, that can make a difference in their lives, I think. So just to, uh, just to follow up what you were just talking about, I had a DM at 1041 this morning that says, I managed to make 1.3 million with only a $2,000 cash account last year, not even on margin. The worst part is that I managed to blow it all. Fuck. This is Dude. this morning, 1041. No. So this is 1041 this morning. And this is, this is like, we probably get one or two or three of these a day now because of the market that we're in. And I mean, obviously it's pure trading, um, you know, with equities, but I mean, this is something that like is real and spies, um, the market's only a few percentage points off all time highs. But if you take the NAS, I mean, I think it's 50% of the stocks in the NAS are uh, down 40% or more inside the past three months. So it's like, like, this is like the reality right now and the, and the huge disconnect. Uh, and I mean, it sucks. It sucks. And you think, I remember, uh, you know, Mitch, we talked about at least in the recap or maybe on when you were uh, a guest, the percentage of day traders that have a longevity within the space of one year, two year, three year, five year plus. And the percentage of day traders that make it five year plus is you're talking a very minimal percent, like two to 7%. And someone checked me on that because I haven't, I'm not yeah. fully prepared, but it's very yeah. low. And the yeah. point of that is, is are you doing the same strategy consistently day in, day out, you know, to make it 1500 days and do it effectively? And, and the, most, the answer to most people that are day trading, I think not most, or I don't know, I think the answer is no. I don't think it's being done properly. Yeah. I mean, even when you see all those people like on, on the Wall Street bets and everything where they were making like what, like 800,000 off of options and then, then just all in, all in, all in until it's gone, even though they were up thousands and thousands of percent, you know, looking at it from, you know, a bird's eye view, you're like, oh, why wouldn't you just take, you know, if I was there, I would take out half, but then you're in those shoes and you're like, I mean, why would I take out half, dude? Then I'd be able to make half as much money. I'm going to keep going, you know? Yeah, but I know. And listen to what you said, thousands of percent, right? I mean, you have literally some of the biggest and best hedge funds in the world with the most educated humans that have been doing this for 30, 40 years. And they're simply just trying to- And they're getting on, beat like, by nerds with iPhones. <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're like these huge funds. They're just trying to, let's make 20, 40% max thousands of percent people are getting on return like that's there's not going to be sustainable you got to be smart about what you're doing no i think one of the coolest things you said about day trading when on another podcast you said it's like when you're mad at your girlfriend you're like don't text her don't text her don't text her and you still <laughs> you still end up texting her it's the same with controlling your emotions and day trading but now instead of dealing with some chick you've known for four months you're dealing with money arguably way more important. Um, I don't know why my bachelor uh, application won't get accepted. Uh, but, 
But no, I think that's such a good thing. It's like, because controlling your emotions, I mean, we talk about it all the time and there's so many good things like, hey, if, if it's good enough to screenshot, it's good enough to sell. Like the backside of the trade comes so much faster and it's just like, at least take off the cost basis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think that's one of the things, it's just like, I don't know why, why is it so hard for people to control their, and I mean, even for us, like, why is it such a difficult thing, especially in trading? It's ego. I think like it's in anything, right? You like, it's the same thing. Like you talk about the bachelor, right? Imagine you get in your little world, you're like the cool guy or the good looking guy or the most athletic. And then you get into this mansion and then there's 30 guys and the average height six, five, and they all played a pro sport. And one of the fucking guys actually was the, he was the number like four employee of Venmo. So there's just like all this alpha, but here's what happened. Here's the learning lesson that can, that can correlate to day trading or anything. What happens is the competition starts and there's these 30 guys in one girl and everyone just gets so focused on themselves and their egos and trying to win and trying to alpha everyone that they lose focus of why they're there. And what happens is unbel it's unbelievable self-destruction. Before they know it, three guys are there fighting at one another in front of a camera, forgetting about 5 million people are watching. And so if you can't understand and bring yourself back to why you're there, what you're doing, and that you like controlling your freaking ego, which could be the most dangerous thing in all areas of your life, it can get really ugly really quick and the repercussions are material. Were you trading at all on The Bachelor, man? What's it? Am I trading? Like, I trading? Let's say you're on The Bachelor. You see, you see, you know, oh, shit, that's a fire dip, man. You adding? Dude, well, here's the <laughs> issue. No phones. Zero phones. Oh, boy. So no trading, no sports betting. March Madness was on. We couldn't even get the scores of like who was. We knew unless there was like a massive event in the world, we couldn't know what was going on. Like, by the way, there's a pandemic going on. Y'all just stay inside. <laughs> like <laughs> your portfolio is shot, you know, <laughs> 70%. Hope you're enjoying this TV show. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month. No matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime, catch killer cases and more spine tingling shows on A&E crime central crave adventure, explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. So moving on to like, I, I know we mentioned, you know, well, I think I mentioned Gary Vierler. So going in back into like Bitcoin and crypto and like NFT, NFTs, the new thing. I mean, you're seeing everyone pumping shit coins. Every influencer's got one. Now every influencer's got an NFT. Like... Where where does all this like collide? How do you see the average investor 
ending up in these because I, I think so many of them are going to get burned on just random like Logan Paul NFTs or whatever the case may be. And then it's also like they're attached to crypto as well. I mean, you're, you're paying for them in crypto. So what, what are your kind of thoughts on on that whole like new movement in basically the blockchain's evolution the past year and a half? For sure. So, I mean, there's so many ways to take this conversation. But the first thing that comes to mind is an NFT project um, that that an NFT project that I got involved in, and so the capacity that I got involved in was strictly marketing. And I, I it was this was my really first exposure with NFTs, and I quickly learned that the creator of any NFT project and the credibility of that of that creator is so critically important for the project as a whole. Because if you look at what every NFT project is trying to do when they sit behind, you know, on the board and they're sitting, putting their business plan together, they're trying to create differentiating art. They're trying to create massive buzz and they need these to sell out instantly, right? They want to get paid right away. And so whatever they can possibly do to achieve that, they're going to do. They're going to get the influencers. They're going to get the celebrities. They're going to get the right people and they're going to find a way to do it. They're going to go into their budgets and they're going to create a budget line to make sure that the floor price is as high as they want it to be. And if it's not, they're going to buy it up. So I think when I got to see the ownership side of the NFT uh, world, I quickly learned that this is a wild, wild, wild business. And I know people know the game well, but I think being able to use information as a predicator of how you're going to achieve sustainable success is extremely low. And those who win big are going to win big because they're positioned the right way with ownership, or they're going to win big because they've had short-term quick success, which might be a result of luck and or right timing. But I think sustainability in that space, the NFT space, as an investor, strictly as an investor, is going to be interesting, interesting in general to see. Um, so, you know, I think as far as like cryptocurrency goes right now, there's so many bullshit shit coins out there. You're right. Everyone's a lot of people are pumping and dumping those coins and they're making a lot of money. But if you look at like there's there's easy ways to analyze uh, significant material altcoins that have a strong basis in differentiating uh, group system uh, ownership and, you know, the Bitcoins and Ethereum, the Solanas of the world, they're, they're just not going anywhere. It's just not going anywhere. It has all the infrastructure. Uh, to be sustainable and simply more demand and uh, support uh, probably across leadership, world leadership. And it's just going to continue to move in the direction it's going to move. And that's that's my take on crypto and, and some NFT projects I've been a part of. Yeah, no, I'm just super shocked that my uh, Squid Games investment, uh, Squid Games coin didn't go super well. Was, <laughs> Are you surprised by that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was on the up and up, man. I was going to start using that at like Walmart. Uh, what, what do you, what is like kind of the riskiest, like new kind of buzzword thing that you are most excited about in the investing space? Well, that's a great question. Um, what am I most excited about right now? While, while you're thinking about it, uh, while I went on Jason's podcast, we learned, we started to learn about, uh, like what the, at that time we, we both were learning about what different trading lingo was. I think it was like, uh. It wasn't yellow, like we're not that old, but I think we were talking about like uh, what bread was and uh, oh, intendies. So, so this is kind of really full circle. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's just you you bring in a whole, you know, different subgroup of the Internet. I mean, it's like like 4chan and Reddit on this side than the rest of the social medias over here, you know, <laughs> and you you get them involved and suddenly we're speaking different languages uh, about something as old and boring as the stock market where it used to be you know, two birds in the bush is better than one in the hand. Okay, Warren Buffett, we don't want two birds. We want 50 birds and we want them now, you know? Yeah, oh, for sure. I, I think that's so well said. It was literally, we were putting like a glossary together of what specific words were and what people thought they meant versus what they actually did mean. It's, you gotta love what the worlds uh, collide like that. I think one thing that I, I will find just an area that I'm looking at uh, as far as an investor and where uh, the market's going is is being uh, an employee at the bank and also working at strategy uh, in strategy like with top executives. There were just and there still are just so many material inefficiencies with the way United States uh, as a whole operates in the way we function with the masses with banks. Like the fact that we're storing all of our cash in these massive banks. Yeah, we getting a hold of it is a huge issue. If I want to go withdraw ten thousand dollars, there's going to be a report filed on me for potential money laundering. Uh, the fact that if I want a, a home equity loan, uh, the the whole process and the fees and and everything that I have to go through is just absolutely bizarre to me. And it's all stem from Fed decisions run down through corporations, and it, it just creates so much limitations for the actual end user. And I, companies that I'm starting to look to invest in are companies that are finding ways to utilize decentralization for the purposes of payment and also like utilizing uh, banking channels. So uh, if, that, if I could take a whole, imagine if you could take a home equity out through the blockchain and someone will have ownership of my house. So they'll have like 2% ownership of my house. So now I've completely eliminated the bank. I'm getting a cash source from uh, the blockchain. And the second this house sells instantaneously because of smart contracts, 2% is then immediately wired to that person. So I think that uh, the user base is going to find ways to, can, to outthink what central banks look like today. And wherever I can get my money in far, as far as payments and lending goes in that space are places I would deploy it. Yeah, I think I think that's actually uh, kind of how someone explain. I saw someone explain NFTs to someone else. They're like, "Why can't I just screenshot it?" And they're like, "Okay, you can take a picture of my house, but you don't own my house." But I guess <laughs> if it's on the blockchain, you would. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, so, I guess moving on to some podcast things because we're we're big podcast guys. You're a big podcast guy. Um. I, I think you committed to the pod way harder than maybe anyone. You you got proposed on your podcast. <laughs> uh, I haven't done anything close to that. I've I've asked for a wedding invitation at best. Um, however, could you kind of like walk us through like how that became a thing? Because it's like now it's like, you know, maybe I'm looking for love, and if I want to get married, is is Penny's going and we're all like the place to do it. Or would that be like stealing your flow Hell too yeah. much? Hell yeah. <laughs> DraftKings, DraftKings, Trojan, our main sponsors. Dan, like, Dan hey, is committing to Gail, that. Like, hey, you could we could put like a line on if the wedding happens, if she says yes. Oh, uh, DraftKings. 
I love this. Uh, that's amazing. You guys should do all of that, by the way. And if you're going to do it, do it on the pod. And there you go. You'll get your downloads. No, but I think uh, a, little, a little quick correction. I didn't propose on my podcast. I actually proposed on Caitlin's podcast. Okay. So the whole thing behind that was I got off the show, went back to banking. They're deciding who the next bachelor is going to be. Um, they're saying it's between me and this guy named Colton. And they go with Colton. And so immediately after that, Caitlin was actually in Seattle for her podcast and she had me on as a guest. So the cool thing is that we met on her podcast. We have the audio of the first moments we've ever met. And so when I proposed, it was the same thought process. Uh, if I, all my buddies are like, yeah, every time I propose, I black out. I don't remember what happened. We don't have pictures. I'm like, how cool would it be if she had no idea um, that I was going to propose? I'm one of her guests. And then I propose and boom, as long as we live, our great grandkids, they'll have the audio and they can see it. So I gave her the option though. I was like, listen, after, right? The podcast is done. We have her. I'm like, you don't have to release it. You do whatever you want. But she's like, could you imagine the downloads if I released that? I got to release that. <laughs> and you know, there was like, I would imagine there was a million plus downloads. The queen of content. Dude. Yeah, I would imagine. Uh, so um, that podcast has been, uh, you know, a big part of our lives where we met, we got proposed and then my podcast, uh, we've had some fun things happen too, but yeah, man, I think you should do that. Get a running tail, maybe create a little bachelor, mini bachelor on your podcast, do a little dating game, do it all. Yeah, dude. It's, it's crazy how many girls be willing to date you whenever you have a mansion, a camera crew and a, a host just talking it through, you know, you saying they wouldn't come on and do a dating <laughs> show with you. Come on. Yeah, dude. Hey, I'm in a high rise. They'll come. Uh, so were you, were you bummed when you weren't the bachelor? Uh, I mean, anybody that would say no to that would, yeah, would be your lying. main character on a reality yeah. TV show, That's your main character getting paid big, you get to off date 30 show. chicks. Yeah. And you're going to make so much. Yeah. You date all these beautiful women that are nice and cool. And you get to, um, hopefully end up with like a real life partner. And then you get, you know, amazing opportunity after anybody that becomes the bachelor or the bachelor that it's a, the way I summarize it is it's a golden parachute. Like it's a golden parachute and you are going to, unless you really fall on your face, you're going to, it's a life changing event. So yeah, that would have been nice, but it all worked Man, out perfect. Honestly, <laughs> I need about another uh, eight inches taller and maybe like a little bit more chiseled chiseled uh line i'm ready for that parachute any day now these bags underneath their eyes don't don't come because uh because i'm not playing video games so i wouldn't mind a little gold parachute nah, dude, I, yeah and you think like the money will help but i no, i actually watched whenever they were like oh do i do an app startup and i googled i'm like oh he's like started venmo i'm like jesus christ i mean it, like you'd be a fool not to go with him right like, <laughs> everybody's in the nfl you know they don't, so, always, they don't even i guess we play any of, games but yeah, dude. Hey, man. Fuck. I'm banned from Venmo, so uh, I'm more of a cash app guy. Uh, so I guess we can kind of wrap things up with um, you have a you have a book coming out. Yeah, man. So I have a book coming out. It's called uh, the Restart Roadmap. And so the idea, and there's probably a lot of listeners there that like are just completely, completely, or somewhat like lost within their pro professional track. And I think it's just like in my my thesis is that the system that we currently live in sets us up to be lost, right? We, we talk about this a lot, but you go to school, you're told you gotta go to school, you can't get a job unless you go to school, you get yourself buried in debt, you have a W-2 income coming in, you need that cash flow to pay for the, you know, trillions, $1.7 trillion of student debt out there in the United States, and you become lost and you become stuck. So if you're out there at all, 
and you're you're feeling any bit of like maybe maybe shame for where you where you've gotten so far. You're looking for any type of escape. Uh, the Restart Roadmap book gives you eight steps of how to change uh, your career yourself and get everything you ever wanted. I've done a ton of research, ton of research on people that have uh, achieved outlying success, and every single one of them had restarts, had detours, and used change to reinvent, rethink, rewire in the way they approach their career. And so we talk about those examples. We talk about examples that I learned from being in some of the offices, the most powerful executives uh, on Wall Street. And I talked about some of the lessons learned behind the scenes of reality TV and media. And from literally like Hollywood to Main Street, there are so many takeaways that individuals can apply to their life as it relates to branding, first impressions, you know, not making networking work and really just accelerating the path and writing the story uh, that they want to write as opposed to the one that's written for them. So it's called the Restart Roadmap. Pre-sale right now, it's on, um, it is on Amazon and it will be out on shelves and Target, Barnes and Noble and the like on uh, April 5th. Hell yeah, April. I'm going to read it and then uh, everyone inside my DMs that said they Made a million yeah, dollars and lost Hugh's it. going to have to learn how to read first. But uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mitch is going to go, you know, you might need a restart. Here, here's a link. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if, there's, yeah, exactly. if there's an audible version, Hugh's definitely gonna, is definitely going to tune in. Um, yeah. No, for yeah, sure. The audio, if, if anyone the audio is listening to own. us for, uh, you know, advice and stuff, they probably do need a financial restart anyway. So it's probably a good book for them. Uh, is there any is there anything else you want to plug the podcast let them know where to find you and uh yeah yeah so uh you can find me on uh instagram twitter tiktok whatever the the handle is jason underscore tartic uh i talked about restart a little bit here that platform is restart underscore uh, reset and there we have a podcast too called trading secrets where we talk about uh the money and career paths of Everyone and anyone from Mitch to WWE superstars, Gary V, the Sharks of Shark Tank. But the big thing is we talk dollars. Like, where did you make your money? How much exactly did you make? Where did you lose your money? How, how much exactly did you lose? And it's meant to uh, kind of open up the book so that you can learn from people's successes and mistakes. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I uh, had a lot of fun and I think this is super informative and I feel like we covered basically all the, uh, all the hot topics of trading. So uh, I think we covered a lot. I love it. Well, boys, thanks for having me. Keep in touch. And uh, Mitch, let's talk about that $100,000 seven day vlog. What do you think? I love it. Let's do it, bro. Yeah, dude. Seven days later, you're going to have like 41,000. Like, oh, shit. So <laughs> next time. Hey, like, well, it'll, make for a good, yeah. it'll make for a good vlog. We'll break some shit and go out. Make for a good write off. All right, guys. Uh, thanks again. And uh, y'all have a good rest of your day.
Pennies Going in Raw is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.